I like to preach on the subject crazy faith. Uh, somebody say crazy faith. Look to your neighbor, look to your neighbor and say neighbor or neighbor. How crazy is your faith? Yeah, how, how, how crazy is your faith? During our moments of our 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. prayer calls, we ran across a devotional entitled Crazy Faith. In the devotional, we read about a pastor who pastored a church plant. The church was located in an indoor skate park uh, that they had converted into a sanctuary. But uh, like many church plants, the money was funny. They had more vision than money now. Uh, to make their situation even dire, they were facing a $3,500 rent bill. And if the bill was not paid, uh, their lease would be terminated. So after spending some time with God, uh, the pastor decided to do something crazy. Uh, during their worship service, he asked one of his officers uh, to give him a, uh, a, a can of paint. And with uh, uh, the paint, he painted a circle around him and told the congregation that he was going to stay within the circle until God made provisions for the church. Uh, that's, that's, that, that's, that's crazy faith. With, with his wife's support and a porter john, with his wife's support and a porter john, and his Bible and prayer journal in hand, he stayed within the circle. Now, that's crazy. Uh, apparently, apparently, the pastor came uh, to a place of desperation. And, and he knew that if this ministry was going to make it, God was going to have to show up and God was going to have to show off. That's, 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 beloved, crazy faith. Mark, Mark Batterson, Mark Batterson puts it this way, and I quote, Maybe... Our normal is so subnormal that normal seems abnormal, where bold prayers and big dreams are normal. Anything less is subnormal, and when bold prayers become the norm, so do the miraculous breakthroughs that follow. I, I, I just said something. I just said something. Let, let me say that again. Maybe our normal is so subnormal that normal seems abnormal. Maybe uh, we need a new normal where bold prayers and big dreams are normal. Anything less is subnormal. And when bold prayers become the norm, so do the miraculous breakthroughs that follow. Ah, uh, beloved, beloved, I, I, I just want to know today, is there anybody in the house that is tired of the normal? Uh, you're tired of just waking up with the same old struggles, same old issues, same old lack, same old rut. Beloved, uh, I once heard a colleague say a profound statement. He said, greater the expectancy, the greater the faith. Uh, the greater the faith, 
the greater the move of God. Beloved, I, I began to meditate and think about this statement. I, I came to the conclusion uh, that many of us suffer from low expectations. And, and, and what I mean by that is this. Our expectations of what God can do, or better said, our expectations of what God can do through and in our lives are limited based on our own limitations that we place on ourselves. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, uh, we think that, that some things are too great or too big for the move of God. Uh, miraculous doors uh, opening that have been shut in our faces is too big for God. Challenges that seem uh, too great for us is just too big for God. Dreams and visions are too lofty to pursue because it is out of reach and out of our league. It's out of our reach and out of our league because we do not believe that we are deserving or capable of receiving blessings like that from God. Our expectations are low because we may feel we are not worthy of such blessings. It's like we can see God move and heal someone's body, but when, when we're hit with an infirmity, we don't believe God can heal us. We see God bless someone with material blessings, but when it comes to us, we feel God will not bless us like that. We, we see God bless the church spiritually and financially and numerically beyond anything we can imagine. But when it comes to your church and our church, we think God won't move in our situation. But I'm here to tell you that the devil is a liar. I'm here to declare that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly far more than we could ever hope for or imagine. The, 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 psalmist, the psalmist says it this way, God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The psalmist goes on to say, though the earth give way and, 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 and the mountains fall into the sea, uh, though the waters roll and form and the mountains quake uh, with their surging, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. In other words, although it may seem as if our world is caving in, although it may seem like all hope is gone, God is our refuge and our strength. In other words, the Lord is our protection, our shelter, our strong tower. God is the firm and strong hand that courageously fights our battles. God is our ever-present help. Ever-present means that God is always there. When you think that God is not there, God is there. When you think God is nowhere to be found, God is there. Listen, and God is not some silent partner. God is our help. Beloved, another issue we suffer with is that for many of us, we don't expect anything from God that we can't do ourselves. Let, let me say that again. I, I just said something. Uh, for many of us, we don't expect anything from God 
that we cannot do ourselves. Uh, beloved, I, I don't know about you, but I would not serve a God who has as much power as me because I ain't got no power. I cannot serve a God who is limited like me. Why would I worship and submit to a God that cannot, has not, and will not do great things? But the good news today is that the God that we serve has all power in his hands and there is nothing, I'm saying nothing, that is impossible with God. There's no mountain. That God cannot move. There is no rough place that God cannot smooth. There is no enemy that God cannot defeat. There is no shortage that God cannot feel. There is no valley that God cannot get out of. Beloved, there is nothing that God cannot do. So since we know that God got it all, I might as well go crazy in faith in God who is willing and able to do not just the small things but he's willing and able to do the big things and it is here in our think text that we see an example of the compassion and the power of God it is here around our text that Elijah has just seen Elijah carried off in a chariot of fire and horses up to heaven in a whirlwind. Before Elijah was carried off, Elijah asked Elijah, uh, Elijah, what could he do for him before he is taken? And Elijah asked for a double portion of his spirit and Elijah said it, it, it's a difficult thing but if you see me when I am taken from you it will be yours and as they were walking along Elijah saw Elijah take it up and he took off his clothes and put on the cloak that had fallen behind Elijah and the word says that the spirit of Elijah rested on Elijah and it is here in this fourth chapter that we read of an account of Elijah's ministry where he came across a woman uh, within their community whose husband had just died. In that day uh, and time, to lose a husband meant whatever income he earned ceased, uh, which could put that family in a financial hardship. What makes this account so alarming is that when he died, uh, he did not have life insurance like I know all of you in DC uh, not Daniel Chapel but Washington DC has life insurance amen I heard about three people <laughs> he, he did not leave his wife with an inheritance so that uh, she could pay for the funeral arrangements and uh, some of the bills to help the load. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, there was nothing in the kitty except the bill. In fact, the bill was so great and so significant that the creditors wanted their money, not tomorrow, but they wanted their money today. 
And according to Jewish law, if one cannot settle the debt, they could take their children as slaves to repay the debt. Now, 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 what parent would want to do that? The Bible lets us know that the creditors were not playing around because they were not, was not willing just to take one of their sons. No, no, no. The debt was, must have been so great that they were going to take both of her sons. Beloved, this woman was facing a dilemma. Not only did she lose her beloved husband, but she was in danger of losing her two sons to servanthood. And when Elijah got wind of her issue, he wanted to know how he could help her. Listen, beloved, I, I, I don't know how significant that question is to you, uh, but this is how God is. God wants to know how can he help you. I don't know I don't know I don't know what your situation is I don't know how dire your dilemma is I don't know how desperate your circumstance is but I'm here to let somebody know that the Lord wants to know how can he help you beloved it, it, God is concerned about you and yes the Lord cares about you or well, somebody may be saying why would God care about me just look at me look at all the mistakes I've made just look at all the deficiencies and shortcomings I have why would God want to know what he can do for me well when you look at verse 1 the text describes this woman from the company of the prophets the Amplified says it this way the wife of the son of the prophets cried out in other words she was a part of the guild she was a part of the clan she was a part of the family this is significant because those of us who have received Christ as our Lord and our Savior we are a part of the guild we are a part of the family we are part of the people of God and because we are his children God cares about every aspect of your life every aspect of your life the good the bad and the ugly God cares for you and no matter how bleak your situation is God wants to know what can he do for you I know for some of us, this is a hard pill to swallow because you have been believing the lie uh, that God favors others more than he favors you. You have, you have been duped to believe that in the eyes of God, uh, Pastor Relford is more significant than you. You have been trained uh, to believe the mothers and the fathers of this church has a hotline to heaven. Uh, but you need to know, God wants to know, what can he do for you? This is what makes prayer so awesome, because God wants to know, what can he do for you? Paul wrote to the church at Philippi, where, he, where the word says, do not worry about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let our requests be known to God prayer is talking with God supplication is making a request to God thanksgiving is simply giving thanks look and look look listen the, the Lord wants to know what it is that we need from him oh beloved that, that that's enough to shout about right there because God cares 
about you. The Lord wants to know what can he do for you. Listen, beloved, your back could be against the wall, but God wants to know what can he do for you. Is there anybody in the house that is thankful that we serve a God that cares about you like that? Now, now, after Elijah asked the woman, how can I help you? He then wanted to know what she had in her house. And, and, and she replied that she had nothing but a little oil. Wow. All she had was a little oil. Now, the Bible does not say, however, uh, with my Holy Ghost imagination, it, it, it looks like to me that she must have sold everything she had to settle the debt. Which, by the way, was not enough because the creditors was about to, to take all that she had. She, she must have sold away her furniture, her food, her clothes. She must uh, have done this because when Elijah asked what did she have, she said just a little oil. Beloved, have you ever found yourself with just a little oil? You, you, you gave all you could give. You expended every resource you had. You tried every trick in the book until there was no more tricks to pick from. You exhausted all that you could to make your situation better, to get yourself delivered from your predicament. You've done everything that you could do, and you still got this thing hovering over your head. Beloved, the good news here is that that, 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 that was not and is not the end of the story because the prophet then asked her to go around to the neighbors and ask for their empty jars. Beloved, this is where the crazy begins because God oftentimes begins to use us with what we already have. Somebody missed that. Somebody needs to know that the God we serve is a God who is able to use us and do great and awesome things with what we already have. You, you don't believe me, you don't believe me. Come here, Moses, come here, Moses. Moses had a rod in his hand, and God used that rod to accomplish great things, freeing the people of Israel from bondage. Come here, Peter. Peter and his partners had fishing nets in their hands, and they became fishermen of men. The young boy had a few loaves of bread and a few fishes, and they fed five thousand. And here in our text, all this widow had was a little oil. The good news here is that when God is in it, God can take the little we do have and God can make much. Listen, 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 listen. Apparently, most of her neighbors had unused empty vessels sitting around. So, so she wasn't robbing anybody. Uh, by borrowing from them. And once she had sold the oil, she could return the vessels. Beloved, I've discovered that with the Lord on your side, God can use anything and anybody to accomplish his will. 
I, I don't care. I don't care how insignificant we think it is. I don't care how insignificant we think somebody is. God can use it. God can use them to bless you beyond your imagination. And I believe God does this. Or let me say it another way. I'm crazy enough to believe uh, uh, that God does this. God operates this way because God loves to demonstrate just how awesome and just how powerful he is. Even when you look at the life of Jesus, he did not come sitting on the throne of David, leading Israel to conquer the Roman Empire. No, Jesus was born in a lonely manger. Jesus grew up in Nazareth where nothing good came out of Gary and the, I mean Nazareth. <laughs> Jesus came as a servant, but God used him so that he took what looked weak and God made him strong. They beat him. They, they, they abused him. They scorned him. They hung him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead with all power in his hands over sin and over death. God took what looked like was not enough and made him more than enough. Beloved, beloved, I, I just want to encourage somebody today because... You are between a rock and a hard place. Your, your back is against the wall, but the Lord wanted me to let you know this. If all you have is a little oil, if all you have is a dime in your pocket, if you got Jesus, if you got the Lord on your side, God is more than enough. God can take the little that you do have and, and multiply that thing. Somebody needs to know that the Lord is more than enough. Oh, is there anybody in the house that can testify with me today that you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is more than enough? Oh, you know this. Because when your back was against the wall, uh, God was more than enough. When you found, you found God to be bread when you're hungry and water when you're thirsty. He was your shelter in the time of storm, your bridge over troubled water, your light in the midst of darkness. Whatever you needed God for, you discovered God was more than enough. Oh, thank you, Lord. Look, look, look at the craziness of this text. The Lord took the little oil and multiplied it. Elijah told the woman to shut the door behind her and her sons. And then pour the oil in the jars. Notice the craziness of this text because she had a little amount of oil. Elijah tells her to close the door and take the little oil and fill the jars. Now, I don't want us to miss this point. Notice the craziness of what she did. Notice with me the craziness of her faith. 
she did exactly what Elijah said. She did not question him. She did not doubt him. In fact, she believed him. She believed him so that she did exactly what Hebrews 11 describes, which is now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Beloved, this woman uh, only saw a little oil, uh, but she acted on what the prophet instructed her to do. Elijah told her to pour the little oil in the jars and fill each jar and sell them. Have you ever wondered why he would tell her to close the door behind her? Now, uh, the Bible does not say, but will you allow me once again to use my Holy Ghost imagination? I, I believe he told her to close the door because people would have thought she had lost her mind trying to fill all those jars that she borrowed with just a little oil. Can you hear them laughing at her for the craziness and the bizarre behavior that she displays, criticizing her and discouraging her? But she did what the Lord instructed. She blocked out the critics. She blocked out the naysayers. She blocked out the doubters. And she obeyed the Lord. Let me tell you something, beloved. If you want a breakthrough, you if you're looking for your victory if you're looking for God to do some big things you if you're looking for a miracle you beloved have got to do the crazy if you're looking for the Lord to make a way out of nowhere you've got to do the crazy if you you've got to close the door and do what the Lord says you've got to put blinders on you've got to clog your ears you've got to shut the door and do exactly what the Lord says because there are critics out there there are naysayers out there there are people out there with no faith there are people who will criticize you there are people who will ultracize you and there are those who really don't want you to have the best in fact they like you better when you're struggling uh, you see beloved because they don't understand what the Lord is looking for you to do they won't get or understand what God may have you to step out on faith to do they will look at you as being a little crazy like paying your tithes and offerings and you got a stack of bills on your kitchen table y'all don't have bills here we we do it <laughs> that's 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 crazy like spending time in prayer praying over and over the same things that's that's crazy like believing God for a business and you have no capital. That's crazy. Like believing what God is going to do in your ministry and you have no people, no resources, doubters and, and, and naysayers are all around you. But despite what they think or say, you position yourself and perform your ministry in a major way. That's crazy. The doctors have 
giving you a bad report, but you tell the doctor in front of his or her face that their report is not the final report, but rather God has the real report and the final say that crazy you bless those that curse you you do good to those that despitefully use you and you love them anyway that's crazy oh there is something about stepping out on faith there is something about walking in obedience there is something about doing what the lord says do the hebrew writer says it this way in hebrews 11 and 6 where he writes and without faith it is impossible to please god because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him beloved step out on faith do what the Lord says do because God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him I didn't come to shout you today your pastor shouts you next Sunday but there may be somebody here today You have heard this word and your back is up against the wall you need a miracle you need the Lord to make a way out of no way for you the good news for you today is this God cares about you the Lord wants to know what can he do for you. And not only does he want to know, but God is able to take the little that you have and do more with the little than you could ever hope for or imagine. This is the word of the Lord. God bless you.